0: the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Mary Ann Petrie. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away three months ago. He is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies. He receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system, where he can't speak or understand the language. He will be then taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul at five one eight. Four seven four eight three nine zero. That's Governor Hochul in New York State. Five one eight four seven four. 8390, hashtag keep Bradley safe. I have a new guest. I have a mom from California on. She's experiencing massive collusion and harassment from a school district, the police, the DA, when she needs protection and help enforcing her sole legal custody and restraining order, and more harassment after requesting IEPs, which are also known as special education assessments. The harassment and biased treatment this mother and her children has received was subject to escalated again when she and her children suffered mold and asbestos poisoning. And there was a civil lawsuit on that. The harassment and gaslighting and refusal to protect this resident from her ch- and her children continued to escalate to the point of a full cover up of an assault on the mother and her children where there was video corroboration via an eyewitness and body cam. When the mother pressed for accountability and proper investigation, they came after her and her children in the form of family court. So I welcome you, Mom, from California. Where where are you at with your case right now, and how are you doing with all of this? Hi. um,
1: Thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's been unbelievable Mm -hmm. and surreal. Um, currently, like you just, just said, um, they came after me in family court. I'm a mom who had sole legal custody and primary physical custody since before 2014. And, um, part of the escalation had to do with, um, the mold and asbestos case because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't settle it. And then because I pressed um, for having a proper investigation into restraining order violations and being assaulted. And because he went unchecked, things escalated and um, his tactics escalated. Mm -hmm. And then when I, it just all sort of happened Right together, I got a new judge um, who actually had a secret hearing with the questionable law enforcement involved and started doing some highly illegal things way outside the law, Mm -hmm. and that was their form of retaliating against me for... holding them to the law and asking them to do their jobs. And they actually um, started coming in with, um, after eight years of being a a wonderful parent, primary physical custody, sole legal custody, a restraining order. They came in and started saying that because I was writing letters, um, asking for help from other agencies, um, or internal affairs that I was, um, that that was bullying and that that was uh, parental alienation. Oh. Yeah. And then they went so far as to say that the assault was, um, uh, didn't happen. And that was brainwashing on my part and false memories. And that was parental alienation. And they used that to come in and take my kids away. And it's been um, a horrific Almost two years um, since the assault, and um, and when the game started playing, um, hardcore, and um, yeah, it's been incredibly traumatic. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been an investigative reporter who's gotten a hold of body cam and released it. Then they tried to come into court after he wrote three or four articles. Um, saying that was parental alienation and took my kids away, um, with the new judge he was on for less than a year. Um, they ordered her off my case. Finally, after I wrote numerous letters about the bizarre illegal stuff going on in the family court. And, um, and then it didn't stop when we got a new judge, the, he was on our case for maybe two months and, um, The previous one who was on for less than a year while she would flip custody temporarily give all sole physical and legal custody to someone I'd had a restraining order against since 2015 Mm -hmm. you know they were temporary but still super traumatic I mean it's it was so traumatic but this new judge came in and um, you know there was all kinds of illegal things going on including an ex-party that was filed right after the assault that disappeared off the calendar for over a year and a half. And then he he put it back on the calendar and then decided to use that to retaliate further because I had written so many letters to presiding judges, to the AG, to, you know, the DA and um, permanently took all contact, physical and sole legal custody away from me and gave it to the perpetrator of domestic violence. And, you know, all of this stuff that, you know, when I mentioned the assault, that's just one of the litany of restraining order violations that have occurred within the last, you know, two years. And the law says, you know, if there's anything within the last five years, you, you know, you can't give that, that person sole legal and physical custody. It's against the law. Mm -hmm. They did it anyways. And, um, so it's just, uh, really traumatic. And, um, my kids are of the teenage years and they've been very vocal about what they want. And, um, they've come back and said, Oh, well, this is, this isn't, um, we can't trust their, their requests and their wishes because, um, mom has undue influence over the children. So, <laughs> oh. and there's, meta- and, and there's a CPS component. So like the The police were writing bias, false Mm -hmm. reports, then CPS would piggyback on that. And that's what they would put in the report, which was totally contradicted by video, body cam, by mandatory reporters who reported over the years, by the medical documents, Mm -hmm. therapist findings. And um, yeah, it's, and this is an agency that has been in the news many times before CPS here in my county um lawsuits um just in like 2017 a mom won like a multi-million dollar lawsuit against Mm -hmm. them their tactics have never stopped and so that's a big part of the problem is Mm -hmm. you know we have the police who are biased we all know what's in the news Mm -hmm. and they don't write proper reports or they withhold evidence like they did in my case and then cps piggybacks on it um Two of them, two officers in particular, went even a step further and gave their personal opinions that could not even be backed up by anything. It was just their personal misogynistic opinions, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, saying mom's hysteria, the assault. (laughs) Um, Mom is a bully for um, writing to other agencies, um, apprising them of the situation. and So it's a, it's a huge problem. And I, I know I'm only one of hundreds of thousands of protective parents who's going through this and it's, it's currently a massive problem in California. There's so much in the news right now with regards to California up and down the state, just not just in my County. And it's, it's incredible because we're supposed to be the leader of the nation We're Mm -hmm. supposed to set the tone. We're supposed to be Um, forward-thinking. What are we like? The fifth or seventh largest economy in the world. Mm -hmm. People look to us to see, you know, how we handle things, and because the media, yes, very, because the media refuses to report on this. Um, that's why they've gotten away with so much corruption and trauma and horror. You know, it's resulted in in you know deaths. I mean. I know, I think you did a earlier podcast on Tara Schillinger. I mean, she's just one of many, um, and children, you know, like Ethan cook. And, um, it's very scary. It's very sad. Um, it's outrageous that more isn't being done. Um, I know there's a lot of people, investigative reporters working on this diligently, you know, up in Northern California or down in Northern California, it's the, you know, Susan Bassi and Mike Volpe and um, Stephen James and Robert J. Hansen. And they're exposing the Barbench media connection. And that comes into my county as well, because it's the same parent company that owns the media. And so no one, no one will write anything or say anything about family court. And our children are hurting.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So, you know, how many other parents would you say are affected by all of this?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, I have spoken to probably 50 just in my county. And then there's so many more across social media who reach out or share their stories or parts of their stories, and they have to do it from behind, you know, a pseudonym or an avatar mm-hmm. because of the because of the retaliation, right? And it's very real, and mainstream media isn't again isn't reporting on it, so a lot of people don't understand how incredibly dangerous it is. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't understand this. Because they think, you know, that there is justice and everything's fair and they just have no concept of this and what goes on until it happens to them.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what happened to me for, I mean, I knew it wasn't the greatest. It was, it was really stressful, even the last eight or nine or 10 years that I had the previous judge on the case, but he knew what, what was what, if you will. And, um, But when I started pressing on having the restraining order violations documented through the police, that's when it got, that's part of why it got really bad for me. Um, Because they, you know, it's something that they want to keep quiet and they don't, you know, because 40% of officers are, I mean, the stats are that I've read that 40% of officers are domestic um, abusers themselves and or sympathizers. So when you go to the person you're supposed to go to to, for help to document things like abuse, child abuse, restraining order violations, Mm -hmm. your chances are not so great of getting a good report, a proper report, a fair report, and then they retaliate against you, you know, when you, when you go to them for help and, um, So, so like it just, I lost my, my fair and decent judge. And I, I got this new one on who was very comfy with the local police and DA who, you know, that was odd. Um, That whole thing, their relationship was very strange. And the fact that the, the officer, the one officer that I was told that I could only report my restraining order violations to in my city happened to be buddy, buddy with the person <laughs> that the reports were against and yeah. i mean that's pretty darn strange cuz that person didn't even live in my city so um that's so um, wrong i mean
0: it, it there's so much collusion everywhere within either you know police departments schools courthouses it's just really um disheartening to say the least
1: extremely i mean the collusion actually goes back really far to the to 2012 i think and um there were points where um when i had sole legal and physical custody back then um he The person left the state with the kids. I couldn't get the police to help me at all, not lift a finger at all to help me find my kids. Um, And then it escalated at different points. Part of it had to do with the school district and an IEP. And, you know, the school district used the police to come to my house and threaten me that if I didn't put my kids back in the school district, the public school district, they were going to have CPS remove my children from me. Um, I mean, just, you know, so there was stuff that happened early on. And it was, and it, and it comes down to, you know, they money and protecting the abuser and a patriarchal society. Um, it's, I mean, I just, I had no idea there was, I knew there was a little bit going on back in the beginning, very beginning, some stuff, but it was manageable. The kids were safe. But then when, um, when it escalated almost two years ago, it it just, I had no idea. I grew up with um, law enforcement in my family, military background, um, grew up watching all the cop show, Adam 12, everything forward, law and order. I mean, everything, Matlock, Hunter, all of it. I had no idea until two years ago when my life and my children's life, lives and safety were turned upside down. Um, and, and it's, it's really disgusting to me that instead of holding, you know, the handful of officers accountable for their actions or coming clean, they've worked so much harder to, um, cover it up and make it such a much bigger crime Mm -hmm. essentially and have no regard or qualms whatsoever about the children's safety and, um, that's incredibly disheartening. Yeah. I,
0: even it just not only the police, as you mentioned, but these judges as well, they have no regard for our children.
1: You know, that's interesting that you say that um, you're right. I've seen that on so many cases where the judges, I mean, some of the orders I just saw come out for um have to do in Northern California and some of the language that the judge used in his reasoning, I was shocked. I mean, just shocked. They put this mom on forever on monitored visits and it's just, I mean, I I can't even believe the stuff that's coming out every single day of what judges are doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they, it's, it's like because there's no cameras in court, no one's watching. No one's holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have immunity, which needs to be done away with. Yes. They do whatever they want. They do they do whatever they want uh, completely outside of what the law affords for them to do and even their judicial canons. And they've mm-hmm. been getting away with it because in California in particular, I, I think you've probably seen in the news, you know, the Cal bar has come under fire because of, um, you know, with the Girardi case. And um, the indictment, which you'll notice isn't being publicized all over the nation, just here in California, but it's, it's a huge scandal. And there were so many complaints against him, like in the hundreds at mm-hmm. Cal Bar, they did nothing. And then, th- so they started getting looked at and um, as well as the center for judicial performance. And they were, you know, they've been found to have so many parents writing them telling them what's going on and they've done nothing they've done absolutely nothing and now there's more coming out in the news that cal bar is actually running you know the da's and placing judges and there's like this select group of lawyers in the you know thousands who you know are throwing cases for the, the wealthier party or the connected party. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, it's clearly happening. I mean they're they're discovering all this stuff that's being reported on. and it's it's shocking that, you know, like I had a decent judge for nine years and he may have been the only one in our county because I there are so many reports from everywhere. Coming out of the same story, the same tactics, the same situations, you know, the cover-up of abuse, the immediate comeback to, I mean, we know the percentages are that most of the abuse being reported is being done by moms, mm-hmm. but it does happen to dads. Mm-hmm. And um, but so I'll say the protective parent, when any protective parent comes forward to report abuse, they are immediately met with parental alienation parental alienation claims. Mm-hmm. And then the judges just take that, take that bit and run with it and just bulldoze past all the evidence, all the testimony. Mm-hmm. And they just stay with that and they ignore the facts. And it's,
0: um, it, it's. shocking. It's very angering when they're taking a term and abusing it to soothe a Bruised male's ego, or the other, you know, maybe a mother's ego, mm.
1: you
0: know, because whoever has
1: the connection, right? Whoever the connection and the money. And then mm-hmm. that's another thing is they keep these, and I'm not going to, I will not use high conflict to d- describe this. It's not high conflict. These are high asset cases, mm-hmm. and they're just corruption, basically. And they want to reframe it as high conflict, like two parties are causing this problem. It's not in those cases, it's high asset and it's, and, and, or it's flat out corruption, or one of the parties has some kind of connection or has paid people off. You're right. You're absolutely right. And then they protect that person at all costs. Don't care about the kid's safety and they just create a paper trail and it's all based on fraud. And that's another thing they do not. It's amazing to me. That no laws apply in these courtrooms. You know, perjury, fraud upon the court, judicial canons, um, family code. Uh, I, I, it's shocking! It's like you kind of shake your head and you're like, "How is this happening?" Well, and the thing is, like you had said, yeah, you
0: know, we need cameras. We also need tamper-proof mics this is a huge okay. problem with these judges just turning off someone when they're talking. They're oh,
1: confused. I, I uh, yep. I will. Sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. I had during COVID when I had a hearing with the, the judge that came on for a short time period after my long haul judge, if you will, that's probably not a good way to put it, but mm. the decent judge, the fair judge that was on for nine or so years, got replaced by somebody. And that person, um, we were doing Zoom because it was in during COVID, and um, she'd always make us, my case, wait till the end. So there was nobody else there. She wouldn't have anybody in, even at the tail end of my previous judge, we were still at the beginning of COVID. So when we would do Zoom with him, everybody in the audience, if you will, that was there for a case would be on the screen. Like, Mm -hmm. so like if it would be like if you were there in person. Right. So when we got the new judge, she, um, she had it to where it was only the exact parties. And then if I tried to talk, she would, she would like make a false record by saying, stop acting like that or, or you're being distracting or you're acting inappropriately. And, Uh and yeah. And then, it's interesting because how her tone and her volume was very aggressive, Mm -hmm. but it came on the transcripts. I noticed that things were changed and she'd said, please, you know, would you please um, have your counsel speak for you or please wait till it's your turn. That is not at all how it actually went down. Like I would be sitting here with my hand up on the, on the zoom or the, Microsoft teams or whatever it was with the hand up electronically, having my hand up next to my face in the screen, cause she would ignore me and I would try to talk and she would mute me mm-hmm. or in the middle of talking, she would mute me. And then another time she accused me of keeping my, um, camera off. And I'm like, no, look, I can show you, I can take a screenshot and send it to you. My camera is on, so you must have it off on your end. She lost it and screamed oh me accusing me of lying. And, and I mean, it was outrageous. And, and even um, there were some other instances in the courtroom, um just really, really aggressive, hostile behavior towards me. Um, And I've been in a lot of court hearings. I've never seen a judge act like that until I got to this. And now the second judge was, I mean, that was Wow. That was unbelievable. I mean, I, I was under, I was being bullied so much. Um, and for the first time, and I just switched from the the one that was on from less than a year who I got removed because I kept writing to the presiding judges and everything about what was going on. And then the new judge came on and it was very clear that that was just going to be more retaliation for speaking up. But um, he actually, um, that ex-party that got recalendared, he actually, um, after a year and a half of being disappeared or whatever it was, he he actually forced me to to question the perpetrator. I have never been forced to do that before. And it, it was so traumatic for me that I could barely speak. And when I was, I was uncontrollably shaking and tearing as I was trying to Ask questions and I couldn't even think straight. And then my left arm swelled up. And I thought, oh my God, this is it. I'm gonna have a stroke or a heart oh, attack. No. And then when I would pause, he would um he would yell at me, next question, you know, and um uh. and they just had totally enjoyed it. And then oh yeah, there were we times where he would say, Oh. For the, let the record reflect that mom had an aggressive, angry look on her face. And I was like dumbfounded because I absolutely did not because I was literally like in such, I mean, it was so traumatic to be put through that and then to be barked at and then to be dismissed and to have watched this judge wink at opposing side and counsel. And just, I mean, it was, Whoa. Unbelievable and traumatic and so unprofessional isn't the right word. It was abusive. And um, right. and um he enjoyed it. They all enjoyed it. And then they started saying that I needed mental help
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I needed therapy and that the kids are subject to undue influence and they had false memories and were brainwashed and this is parental alienation. And mind you, this is... A very, well, opposing counsel made those statements, put it in writing, and the judge just parroted it and went with it. And, you know, all the evidence was completely contradictory and supported what my point was. But I could hardly talk when he forced me to question him. And I... I even said, you know, something like I've never been asked to. And he's like, I don't care. I said, I I said, I was afraid of, of him. And he said, I don't care. That has nothing to do with visitation and custody. Um, Uh. Yeah. 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 It was really
0: stressful. Yeah. This is, this is the face of family court and this is, I'm very glad you're speaking out on these judges' behaviors because they don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about what you have been through. You know, the thing is, I found when I was telling the truth, that's when I was getting yelled at the most.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, this judge. Everything I had to say, and mind you, I had been deemed the credible party for the last nine or 12 years, I mm-hmm. mean, written in orders that way, um, which is why I got a restraining order, which is why I had it renewed, you know, and I had, there was lists of restraining order violations and he did, he it did not matter to him. It was more like, how dare I speak up against, it didn't matter that it was true to this judge. He didn't care. He he just, it was more like, how dare I speak up ill against someone who was abusing me and my kids. And he was also re-victimizing the victim. Oh yeah. It was really traumatic. I mean, he, yeah.
0: Did you have anyone court watch for you? I
1: did. I actually had a victim advocate. Um, She was traumatized by how the, mm-hmm. Judge was treating me and couldn't believe what was happening. And when we came back um, again, I I was so terrified after that last time in front of him and and how he treated me and the yelling at me. And I could tell he was saying things on purpose, you know, to try to like like I said to have the record reflect. But what I wasn't making faces and mm-hmm. um, you know, and just parroting everything that. The opposing counsel was saying without any proof, just just hearsay, and then and then reiterating the hearsay from two dirty cops, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, no studies, everything. If they had actually looked at the evidence and the, in the case history, everything supported what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Everything they were saying was totally contradictory, and there it was all hearsay, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Uh, so the following hearing to that one, I had several people come. Um, and that was very odd because it was supposed to be an in-person hearing, and the other parties were allowed to show up after the fact remotely. But I had um, court watchers there, and they were shocked. yeah, at what they witnessed because he couldn't even come he couldn't even, the judge could not. Maintain any sort of stability or professionalism, or dignified manner, even with them. There, he was more tame, but not, uh-huh. not, much. yeah, not by much. And um, so that was an eye opener for these people who um, couldn't. I mean, you know, they were they were shocked um, at the behavior towards. <sighs> victim. And it was absolutely victim blaming mm-hmm. still um, by the judge. Mm-hmm. Is, Did your court watchers um, file complaints against the judge? I don't know if they have or not. That's a good question. I'll have to ask them that. I don't even know if any of us, I, I, I didn't even know they could. Yeah. What they want to do is report
0: the behaviors. Okay. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter if it happened last year, if they were there and they witnessed, you know, uh, him rolling his eyes, him looking at his cell phone instead of listening to either counsel, all his
1: bad behaviors.
0: And, and, um, oh, can- that's
1: sorry. What? I want to say, because I just remembered. So, at the one hearing where he was making me question the perpetrator who had attacked us, um, At one point, he finally, he's like, do you really fear for your kids' lives? And I said, yeah. And I said, you know what? When I said, parents, parents hit, slap, push, shove their kids. And that's abuse. But it's not necessarily life-threatening. It's Mm -hmm. not right. It happens. I said, but when it escalates to strangling, we all know what the statistics say about that. And yes, I fear for my children's lives. Mm -hmm. And he smirked at me like kind of a whatever. And yeah, and then um oh darn um, um he gave me and he cut our court date short on the front end and on that actual day. And he kept trying to rush it along and not give us we were supposed to have like three days and we ended up getting like a day and a half, if that. And he was trying to cut me off after I said that. And when I was talking about the body cam of the eyewitness. He was trying to cut me off and not get it on the record. And, um, uh, he, um, said, well, I'll give you five more minutes, make it count. And I said that five minutes and he goes, I'll give you 55 minutes, make it count. And then the entire time that I was talking and I, and now I realized what he was doing. He was talking to, he was making faces, and, and talking to the bailiff or talking to a police counsel or talking to his clerk, not even listening to me. And I'm, ser- I'm over here trying to make my case. Like, why don't you, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you looking at the case history? It's all there. You know, you're not listening. Well, I find dad more credible than you. <gasps> and the detective said that your hysteria caused this and that you were a bully. and i realized that he was just letting me talk but not paying any attention just so that it would appear that he gave me an opportunity to be heard but he it was already he had already prejudged the case and it, and that was obvious from 2 days prior because of things that went on
0: if your court watchers witnessed this they could write that down
1: they did they produced declarations Maybe they should
0: produce more from the other hearing, too. That's a good idea. Yeah, the more you have, the better off you are. Yeah. Um, These are very, uh, as you know, corrupt individuals that are probably sociopathic in nature. If they're going to diagnose us as being hysterical and crazy, I think we have the right to call them
1: sociopaths. Yeah, well, I would say there's there's. Been a lot of evil going on the last mm-hmm. two years, to say the least. And um, I am very worried for my kids' safety because now they're in 100% care of the abuser. And it's just literally unbelievable. It's horrible. Um, they've been very vocal about what they want. They're very smart, intelligent children, mm-hmm. teenagers. And um, you know, this is all about just covering up for their crimes that they they didn't follow the law, they didn't protect the children and I. They got caught colluding with the perpetrator early on through the school district and other things. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's just enough is enough. It's like, oh my God, you know, people. Mm-hmm. This is America. This isn't some third world country where some drug Lord is running things. But apparently that is what is happening in our family Mm -hmm. courts. That is how Mm -hmm. things are being run. Like it's being run by like a drug Lord from some third world country. And, you know, definitely to hell with mom and kids and protective parents. Right, right.
0: Because I've been covering the Jim Shock case and the judge interfered with his second right amendments. He doesn't even have a parking ticket. And um he just wants 50-50 with his kid. However, the mother's living with a felon, but the judge thinks that's okay. Also with child endangerment mm. on his record. And that apparently the judges don't care. Hmm. So well, she must be connected. You know, New York State is really bad. Your state's really bad. I think every state's just they're all
1: they're all bad. Even Texas. Yeah, I've heard I've yes. Um, I have spoken to a mom from Texas. She's a high profile person mm-hmm. out of Texas, and then other moms. And it's just I I know one mom who inadvertently emailed the court and got put in jail for that.
0: <laughs> that's like a waste of taxpayer dollars. The I mean, tax- it's, What's
1: it's like a court of torture, you know, just any oh, yeah. they can use to arrest you, um, harass you. Yes. Yes. You threaten you. And then, you know, um, even locally that, you know, there's several things with Maya and Sebastian, the whole reunification camp. I mean, that's insane. And, um Who else? Um, oh, um, there's Tara. We talked about her. There's um, uh, gosh, who else? Oh, there's a mom, the one out of San Francisco court where they took her child via a secret ex-party hearing and she lives in Utah. Um, there's another mom who lives out of state had lived in San Francisco where they, they finagled some stuff um, Mm -hmm. in a County and she just got those documents showing that, that CPS falsified reports. And Oh my goodness. It's
0: yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, um, it's just very, uh, you see how these judges behave like, uh, I found that between a male judge and a female judge they're both bad but I thought the female judge behaved worse than the male judge.
1: Oh, that's interesting because I have seen that reported as well and I personally um I have experienced that. It's shocking. And I know um actually another mom locally had um sorry about that had a um a female judge who um took her child away. Uh just before Christmas for years, And, and it is, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've, I've literally seen the moms talking about it or the court records, um, or the news articles. And that's, um, very strange behavior mm-hmm. because women are designed to be, you know, um, the feeling and caring and maternalistic, and that is not at all. It is you are they are exactly what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, worse than the male judges, but even still, if they're not equal, they're they're worse mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. what is being reported, right? And, because my friend
0: Jim Shock, that I was talking about, he is before a female judge, and uh, it's Marianne Scatter, a Tico neighbor and as i said his ex's boyfriend is a, is a felon with uh child endangerment on him but yet she allows this baby to be in this company i i don't know where
1: what that what's in their minds <laughs> well i i know that in video was submitted into evidence and the judge refused to watch it. At first he said, Oh, we'll watch it. We'll come back from a break and we'll watch it. You can play it on your computer. So, you know, it would get, cause it was already admitted into evidence and that way it would be played into the record. And when we came back, he refused to let me p- play it. I asked like three times and he yelled at me about it and said, no, I'll, I'll watch it at home. I told you I'll watch it at home." Oh.
0: Yeah. Is that, is that after he plays with his PlayStation and he's done drinking his, you know, pop or whatever he's having?
1: I, I, it was, I I just, I've never, and I've sat in a lot of court cases I've never seen that done. No. And, and, and even when I tried to read, cause we had the videos partially transcribed, tried to read those into the record. He'd stopped me when I tried to read off the list of restraining order violations that were within the last two years. In addition to the attack, he stopped me and was like, we'll oh, just admit it into evidence. Cause I didn't realize what was happening, but he did it to prevent me from having it on the record in the transcripts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, knowing all this stuff and the medical records, I, had, Oh, I had declarations by medical, the medical professionals and um, the, the doctor's hand wrote them and they said, Oh, well we think they're forgeries because they're handwritten and in his 40 years on the bench or something that he's never seen handwritten declarations and so he would admit them into evidence but he wasn't going to give them any weight because they were handwritten and because opposing counsel uh, um claimed it was it was forgery right and then and then they ignored all of that and gave all custody I I get
0: it because I had physician verification forms where my doctor filled out, you know, that even I had a heart attack. It was the cardiologist that filled it out. The child support judge who was the female that was rotten from hell, she said, you know, here's another physician verification form. Go have it filled out by your family doctor and have it to me within seven days or you're going back to jail, (laughs) And I thought wait a minute. I just gave you doctors you know notes, you know the whole thing from a cardiologist who is considered god. And she wasn't even going to even look at that, admit that or whatever, but she wanted it from my family doctor. How this is how messed up these judges are.
1: That's strange.
0: Yeah, very
1: very so she didn't allow the, the record from the cardiologist in, but she wanted it from the family doctor just so what she could say, oh, well, she only submitted it from a family doctor, not a cardiologist. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Or she wanted to give me another heart attack and make me run and get this from him, which thankfully I had a wonderful pediatrician or, or not <laughs> family doctor, but he also treated my kids. But, um, you know, he filled it out like that and i took it right back to the courthouse the next day to her her office and gave it to her secretary wow just to get her off my back and uh she was just a nutcase yeah in fact i had nurses that i worked with said well we'll see how you do tomorrow it depends on what color lipstick she's wearing it could be if it's light pink you might not do so well mm. if it's peach i don't know it's a toss up <laughs> And besides, who wears peach lipstick anymore? Anyway, yeah, this is what, you know, we're dealing with these uh, judges that are power mad and they're sociopaths. And I'm very disgusted with all these horrific stories from these poor parents that are just trying to protect their kids.
1: Yeah. And I actually, I have recently found out about um, two or three other mothers locally who had my same previous judge that went to the female judge for a short time period. One of them was married for over 20 years and got nothing, Um, lost her kids for um, a time period as well. Um, And then got off with the same judge I got off from and then got to the same, another bad judge, the same one, and even wrote, um, uh, I think it's called a disqualification to have the judge removed. And it was shocking to see that there were several others that had written complaints about this judge and he was still on the bench. Yeah. I know. I it. mean, how
0: they cover I, for each other. It's very sickening. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Cause I had filed there's you know, definitely a pattern. <laughs> that there is a pattern because when um, my attorney told me that the opposing attorney had worked with the judge in the DA's department for years, why don't you write to the AOPC and let them know that? And then we'll ask the judge tomorrow to recuse himself. That was, uh, boy, was he ticked off in a, a you know, um, uh, maybe it wasn't the next day it could have been in a couple of days, but he found out that I had written to the a o p c and complained about him, and then he totally flipped out on the stand talk about, talk about bad behavior um but he said, no, I'm not going to recuse myself. I know this case better than anyone else, and oh. it's like, we just begun when, how do you know it so well
1: and there there's also a thing um it jogged my memory when i saw the article come out um, by robert j hansen about the the bracelet that the moms were given as markers in court did you read about that no okay so these moms at the at the women's um shelter if you will um were given char- these charm bracelets and they were markings identification markers for the judges and staff to know like oh this is this is a target right well That I didn't realize when it was happening, but this last go around, I couldn't afford an attorney. I've been mostly pro per because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my ex-husband was deemed a vexatious litigant. And, um, anyway, um, I've had maybe one attorney a year for a hearing or two here or there, unlike the other side that had an, um, full, you know, for the most part, well, he, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, a lot of attorneys. And um, so I had to hire a ghostwriter, if you will. That's what they call them. And this this person told me, oh, because I'm Christian.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I actually have a lot of cross necklaces. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, you should wear it. Make sure you wear it. I'm like, well, I, I wear one. Um anyway and then he went so far as to tell the victim advocate that she needed to wear one Hmm. he even went so far as to buy her a cross to have her wear it because she was muslim asked Hmm. her to wear it in the courtroom with me and i looking back i think that that was his way of marking us so the judge knew um i know that sounds odd but no it doesn't i read the article the other day that that um, Robert J Hansen did from Newsbreak, I was like, "Oh my God, that's exactly why!" Because what an I've never in all my years had an attorney mm-hmm. tell me, "Oh, make sure you wear your cross." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I'm going to wear what I'm going to wear." You know, I wear my certain earrings
0: mm-hmm.
1: and whatever jewelry I may or may not have. I you know I don't ever think about that. I'm so always focused on you know the writing the declaration or the points to be made or you know i mean as best i can because it's really overwhelming just being a pro per and yes. having up against you know 800 dollar hour attorneys who have a brother who works in the da's office and their father was the previous most powerful and well-liked family court judge um so you know, other things are on my mind and not, you know, what necklace I'm going to wear.
0: <laughs> yeah. When I went to court, I really didn't wear any jewelry because it was a disgusting, filthy place. They had a problem with cockroaches. Ew. So my mother always said, don't wear anything with treads because, you know, the cockroaches, they lay eggs and they'll, they'll get caught in your treads and you can bring that stuff home. So that freaked me out. So I always wore like a flat ballet, flat Shoe and um, no jewelry, and then of course, and then the courthouse had a problem with bed bugs where they had to close like three to four judges' court courtrooms. You serious? <laughs> I think, I think that's car, I think that's God telling them something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. wow, you know, I mean, this is you know, as far as you know, they uh. Like you were saying, you were being threatened by the judge. I was being threatened, even just speaking up as a pro se. He would say, Do you want me to send you to the fourth floor? And it's like, fourth floor is where the sheriff is, where they would take you to jail.
1: Oh, and, you yeah. Know, he did that. He did that to yeah. us on the very first day, not even at his bench. He threatened to put my kids in juvie or make them force oh. them to come to court the next day and face 20 officers because they had refused to go with their dad at the previous visitation. I mean, they're, they're 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. and They didn't want to go. They were sick. They had temperatures. They had multiple, you know, si- uh, sinus infection, strep throat, bronchitis. They didn't want to go. And he literally threatened to put my kids in juvie. He said, I have that, I have that ability. I have that power. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, you know, if, if you don't make them go, then I, you know, I'm, I can, make them go to juvie and have to be here and face 20 officers, 20 sheriffs. I was shocking. And yes. And then even um, on the final hearing, he, um, he's flat out said, as I was advocating for my case, because I was pro person, right. I have to be mom and attorney. Uh-huh. And I, I didn't say anything any different than opposing counsel was saying. I was refuting the, the fraudulent lies coming out of his mouth. And he said that my advocacy hurt my case. And that is why he, um, because of how I was advocating, told him that I had, um, deep seated hatred, um, towards my ex and that I was not allowing my children to love their father. And therefore I needed to be on monitored visits.
0: Oh, I, I I love how
1: they make this stuff up as they go along. I'm, I'm talking with you and i'm sitting here wondering you know like am i gonna end up dead you know i i because they've they've come to my house and harassed me um one time for um for over two hours and they've accosted me verbally in public um, they've sat outside my development for months and months and months they would watch me come and go um until i said something to an attorney and i I assume he must've made a call or something because then it sort of stopped Mm -hmm. and, and, um, just harassed and gaslit so much by, you know, um, the local law enforcement and, um, and then, you know, there's just a lot of things with, with Tara Schillinger and Wendy Miller and, um, Ethan Cook and, um, De- what deanna fogarty went through and so many others um it's terrifying yeah it, it really is uh oh oh and and i had said something about being on um state county aid because um, let's just say that there's a large sum of child support that's not been paid very mm-hmm. large and um when i said something because opposing counsel tried to get me to pay for something. (laughs) I was like, I'm, I'm getting cash aid. And then within, I don't know, seven or eight days, I'd have to look at the exact date. um, There was a DA investigator at my door caught on video, tried my door handle, tried to get in my house when I wasn't here. And because lo and behold, somebody made a claim that uh, a fault, um, a benefit fraud claim against me.
0: <sighs> yeah
1: they, they just don't stop uh, yeah. and and it was interesting because yeah well i i shouldn't say but it was yeah there was they weren't really concerned with they were concerned about one particular subject and not the fact that i had already been um cleared by the county i'd already submitted documents bank statements all of that they wanted to know about the mold and asbestos settlement, medical settlement, mm-hmm. which I had to sign a confidentiality agreement on. We had to get a,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, we had to get a protective order actually on that case. Cause the person kept going into the civil case, getting information on me. That was um, a violation of the restraining order. So we had to get a partial protective order on the civil case and um and you know, there was a very strong NDA and it's interesting somehow um yeah, opposing counsel got all of that information somehow, even with it being confidential and brought it into our family law case during these these hearings with with this person.
0: Yeah, I'm very sorry you have been through the mill like a lot of parents going through retaliation and things, like that. Um, I, I just uh and like like you had said they piggy back or CPS piggybacks off of something else. And they they just I don't know why they
1: weaponize CPS. Um I mean I don't know why they do it, but they do it obviously because it helps support their case. Mm-hmm. And so if you have another agency who has findings, and then they just they come back in the court and say, "Oh, well, CPS found this." It's like, "Well, wait a minute," they're going off of hearsay from a biased officer who ignored, who who made a false report. And here I'm trying to show you this is a false report because here's the medical documents, here's the video, here's the body cam, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know." And even when you go to CPS and say, "Hey, you're giving more weight to the perpetrator of domestic violence than than the victims." The medical documents and the video, the body cam,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, hello, do you, do you not see how this is, you know, I mean, they don't, they just don't care. No, they all don't. Just, just, you know, again, goes back to the connected party. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I covered a case
0: in North Carolina. Um, it was the Jackie Kent case. She had a PI that took, you know, video, he had pictures of the, the father, um, smoking a substance with the baby in the back seat, something like that, and the judge just did not look at that evidence and gave the child to the father. What is up with that? And you know what it is it's connections,
1: exactly. At the connected party, and I just mm-hmm. like when's it when, when, how much is enough abuse? How much is, I mean, when does somebody? hold these guys. I don't want to say guys hold these judges and, um, officers of the court accountable. Mm-hmm. Like why, why isn't something being done? I mean, I know there is, I'm saying this, but I know that there's reports coming out. There's mm-hmm. investigations from what I've read, um, from the investigative reporters, but, um, yeah, it just, And this is why cameras need to be in court. This is why there needs to be video because even if there's cameras in court, you need video. Um, You need court watchers. There should never, ever be another family court hearing without witnesses in the courtroom and audio and video recordings to to properly record and document tone, body language, tamper-proof mics. Yeah,
0: yeah, get it all. Tamper-proof mics. I'm sick and tired of these judges putting these poor pro se litigants on mute when they don't want to, when when they're done with you, or are they're done hearing with with what you had to say. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry that happened to you.
1: Thank you, but I'm just one of thousands, um, and it's it's um, it's it's validating when you hear and see other protective parents going through this, Mm -hmm. but it's just mind boggling and so disgusting. Mm -hmm.
0: What is being
1: done to the children?
0: They're destroying their lives forever and they don't care. I I just, especially when you had custody that long.
1: I know that's most people are shocked. I mean, everybody's shocked at it. I mean, it's like how, do, I mean, you can't be so far away from the law than this guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> because the history was there and the documentation was there and video was there and body cam was there and kids who had IEP testing showing they were off the charts, you know, intelligent and articulate and their comprehension was like fabulous. Um, and you ignore everything, everything. Mm hmm. Yeah, I
0: um, I don't know. Um, you know, I watch Facebook, and then uh, people post that this judge got in trouble. This one's going to jail. In fact, we had a uh, several years ago. We had a kids for cash scheme. When you mentioned sending your kids to juvie, I thought they can't do that unless the kid commits some type of petty crime.
1: My kids are yeah the sweetest. Why would you I, he- I have I pulled them out of that public school when they started harassing me back in 2015, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until 2017 when the OAH orders, Office of Administrative Hearing orders, came out, and that's where it went into detail of the collusion and the corruption and the skewing of the tests, and you know the school district facilitating dad to violate the restraining order and all this stuff, and um, yeah, it, it um, sorry. It's
0: Yep. Because well like going to the kids for cash, these two judges oh. got in trouble because they were getting kickbacks for how many kids they sent into this juvie place. So both both those judges spent time in jail. One got out early only because of COVID. Really?
1: Serve your term. Yeah, that's um <laughs> it's like, like- it's like the, I supposedly there's something going on right now and it's been named um, Crypto for Kids or Kids for Crypto mm-hmm. or something like that. There's supposed to be a California investigation right now. Um, I, 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 um, I don't know with everything that I've seen from other parents publicizing and articles how something hasn't been done before now. Well, I hope
0: family court does get abolished and take it back down to civil court, where a parent can have a six-man jury. Because they drag these cases out; it's all about the money. I know there's the you know the Title four B, D and E incentives playing into this, but it, when it comes into children's lives, they shouldn't be uh, somebody's car payment.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. It does come down again. It's it's the party with the connections and and or the money, and um, that's exactly what it was. You know, the IEP the rulings that I won were um, very well known. I didn't even realize they preceded me. Um, yeah. I had no idea that it was such a big deal to win those. And then it made a lot of sense as to why they were coming after me to the degree that they were, um, because it came down to money. Cause you know, that there's a lot of money in, in education, um, special education funding. And, um, you know, um, it was unheard of cause I was just a mom going up against the local school district, um, law firm. And I won not one, but two, and then multiple things that transpired after that. Mm-hmm. So, And it's all connected, you know, Mm -hmm. the courts, the school districts, the police. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm
0: glad I had you on. And uh, I'd say if anyone has any questions, they can come through me and I can give you the questions. Uh, I'm at dismantlingfamilycourtcorruption.com. I know we'll do a follow-up podcast. I'd like to do, you know, updates with you if you don't mind.
1: Yes, I've actually, um, I filed an appeal. I have filed to have the judge removed. Um, I am in a very financially dire situation, but I am here to advocate for myself and others where I can. So I'm happy to, you know, um, talk with people, share, you know, stories, um, help in any way, even if it's just emotional support, because we need to, Mm -hmm. all the protective parents, males and females need to come together Mm -hmm. so that we can stop um, our children from being destroyed because the courts don't care. The police don't care. The schools don't care because our kids are only numbers, dollar signs to Mm -hmm. them. And so we need to come together. We need to unite and we need to make changes across Mm -hmm. the nation. Well, thank you, Mom, from
0: California. Um, don't jump off, okay? Uh, Slam the Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with uh, Mom in California and myself and other exciting guests. Thank you.